and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of This Weekend Show, the weekly podcast with a little bit of something and a whole lot of nothing. I'm your host, Travis Deke, and alongside me is... Awkward Colin. And Geekcast Joe. Hey, everybody. How you guys doing? I guess not everybody. I guess you guys. Hey, you too. How, how's yeah. it going? Right. Right. I am one. I am, I am Uno. I am one. I am not many. <laughs> I am Legion. You are of many. Yep. Anything uh, new and exciting have with you guys since last week? Uh, not really. I mean, I'm doing my homework classes. That's one week done, basically. Got a couple of interviews for uh, internships for next year. Oh, that's right. I heard. Yeah, uh, in Washington. One, yeah, one's in Washington, and one is in northern Wisconsin. So what would that entail? Uh, I would basically be like an associate pastor somewhere. Okay. Depending on which one I got, it depends on the role. So like the one in Wisconsin, I'd be more like a youth pastor. Yeah. And the one in Washington, I would be more like a community outreach pastor. Okay. So... Both are pretty cool. I'm I'm really excited about either opportunity, but I'm still also kind of holding out for the possibility of staying in Chicago. Okay. So. Well, you could always use. Well, I mean, I don't want to say use it, but uh, this could be kind of like a, a foot in the door or like um, a first step into um, doing uh, doing what you want to do, and eventually come back to Chicago after. Yeah, yeah, that's more or less the plan. <laughs> So I'd have to come back after a year anyway, because uh, I need to finish my degree after I left. Oh, you won't do this degree uh, out there? Like continue it out there? Yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to. I still have like a year's worth of stuff to do. And so while I was gone, I would be working like a 40-hour-a-week job on top of studying, and it's, there's just no way to make that work. I gotcha. So... Uh, it's... Not not at a distance. If I was here and I could pop in and out of classes and stuff, that would be one thing. But if I'm so they don't they don't offer as many classes online as they could. Well, um, if you do uh, when you do these interviews and uh, if they do accept you or get it, when do you plan on starting this? Uh, sometime in the fall. Oh, okay. So the uh, the Wisconsin one starts in August. Uh, I'm not certain of when the Washington one starts, but I would guess like September. Now, when you say Washington, you mean Washington State? Now. Yeah, Washington State, yeah. little town called East Wenatchee. And I asked, and that's the correct pronunciation. Nice, <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty excited either way. So, we'll see. <laughs> that's good, that's good. Um... Oh, jeez. Um, I want to talk about something, and I kind of blinked out on what it was. No, now I remember. <laughs> I remember now because, Tom, you brought it up. Yeah. To me, uh, the other day, you want to kind of start out with uh, about uh, this week's this freaking thing? Oh, the article you're talking about. Oh, dang it. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I was uh, doing my daily browse of the internet and found an article where a father was apparently arrested and charged with 
property theft for taking his daughter's cell phone. Oh, I heard about this. As a punishment. And I'm sorry. <laughs> he took it as a punishment. There's no reason that the man should ever have been arrested for it. I mean, on the positive side of things, he was found not guilty in his crime. <laughs> um, so, I mean, at least he's got that, and which I am very happy for. But he was in all respects doing his job as a father. Yeah, I think the thing what it was is um, I, 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 I'm not sure if I looked at the same article you did or a different article about it um, I think it looked like it was the uh, it was the, the father's ex-wife uh, they weren't even ever married it was his girl, ex-girlfriend it was an ex-girlfriend uh, and I think, she, I think uh, she was dating a cop right and that's where this whole thing came out like the daughter was upset that the phone was taken so the ex-girlfriend told her boyfriend who was a cop about this and they arrested him because of it I do not know because it's it's the mother that I think actually owns the phone yeah the mother did do that because she owns the phone but I don't know if there's nothing in here in the article I'm reading right now that says anything about who she was dating at the time but yeah, it was it was her who initiated the action. Yeah, let me see if uh, let me see if I can find that article because, um, yeah, I was reading it because like I remember when uh, Tom brought it up to me and that's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. Oh yeah, here we go. Michelle Stepp is married to a Grand Prairie police officer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah th- I'm sorry, but that's just some fucking horse shit. Oh, it's garbage. It's, I don't I don't give two shits if he's she's dating him or she paid for the phone it's the daughter's phone and you grant damn well know that it's the daughter's phone so stop acting like some high tight bitch that it's your phone and he stole it from you right well see and it goes back into the discussion we had last week about people who pretty much grown up to be uh, little what panties Pussy ass bitches. <laughs> it's because of problems like this. Because this daughter, who's what, twelve years old? Yeah, twelve year old. She's she, she was fourteen. She was twelve when it happened. Was he? Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. He took his twelve year old's daughter's phone back in 2013. She's fifteen now. My bad. Yeah, it's just like so. I mean, like she's watching this. I think at the end of this article, it talks about how on Valentine's Day last year. He gets um a, a, like a letter from her uh, from her his daughter that she doesn't want to be his dad anymore. Oh, that's not in the article that I've got, but I I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, you know, I think it also goes to an issue with like parents who use their children as ammunition against each other, which is its oh. own level of bullshit. That like Absolutely. I don't know. Oh God, yeah. And that's how stupid our country is. Uh, not the country itself. Yeah. It's small pockets of people. Yeah, small pockets of people in this country. <laughs> and the, the, it's, to me, I'm saying the country because our country is even allowing that kind of shit to happen. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing, too. Like, luckily, you know, the judge wasn't, you know... Right. Stupid? Yeah, well, yeah, wasn't stupid and actually charged them. Um, yeah, at the bottom of the article it says, um, 
Ah, uh, Sarah. Her father said that she wrote me a letter, sent it to me on Valentine's Day, and said she didn't want me to be her father anymore. Ugh. But it's a, I mean, it's a joke. It's like... But I mean, like, and the whole reason he took it away is because the daughter was being disrespectful to uh, his girlfriend or stepmom or whoever it was. I was reading there were inappropriate texts on the phone. And stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> Some stupid ass words. Yeah, I, I feel like maybe maybe the mistake was the father should have given the phone back to the mother and said, "Hey, this is what was going on on the phone." Like, you know, get your shit together. Yeah. So, I don't know. It sounds like he he uh, wasn't very involved in her life until she was like seven. But still, that's like five years of being an involved parent, I would think. So, I don't know. It's, it's, it's ridiculous, no matter what way you spin it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. It's not like he took her phone and then, like, beat her with a sock full of oranges. <laughs> like, he just took her phone away as punishment. Oh, yeah. He didn't even, like, throw it away or, like, disassemble it or throw it in a toilet. Whatever. It's dumb. Two thumbs down for the situation. Yeah. Yeah, he did to, he did to be a father. Right. Nah. Mother comes along and yeah, it's not right. I don't, I don't. But like like Tom said, you know, she's twelve years old. She don't need a phone anyways. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't get a cell phone until I was sixteen when I had a car. Exactly. Right. Well, did she? No, she needs to be able to text her friends instead of just yeah. Yeah, it's fucking stupidity. I feel like if you need to text your friends at that age, maybe they should all be required to take an IQ test. (laughs) If your friends are too dumb, they can't. There's no reason for you to text them. Yeah. I'm just kidding. That's terrible. No, don't be sorry. I have no idea what I would do in that situation. Because, like, I'm torn between, like, when I was 12, I needed a cell phone because my parents lived far enough away that... If I had an after-school activity, I couldn't get a hold of them if I didn't have something to get a hold of them with. Well, here, here's the thing. It's like, it's like when I, I think maybe at like you know that 12, 13, 14, 15 year old range, if you are on a phone, you don't need an iPhone. Yeah, definitely phone. not an iPhone. You need a phone that makes and receives calls. Yeah. And that's it. I'm like, all about that. Know, like, like you said, like for when you need to get picked up. Or, you know, you're trying to get a hold of a parent or something, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. One of those generic prepaid bullshit phones. Mm-hmm. Was it that's Firefly? I love my generic prepaid bullshit phone. I don't know, man. I, mean, I, I I've had a prepaid phone once in my life, and it was when I got my other phone wet and I had to use it with the SIM card. But, I mean, they're, they're not that bad. You know, you pay, like, what, 20, 30 bucks for, you know, a phone card and... Yeah. And you got to pay like 20 bucks every 90 days. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. My dad has a prepaid phone and he, I mean, he uses it, but he, oh God, my God, my fucking dad started texting and it is the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Your dad started texting? Yeah. And he's, he's trying to like learn all like the texting like shortcuts, like HD for half. 
<laughs> WD for wood and stuff like that. And, like he's learning. And I asked him, I'm like, I'm like, where did you learn that stuff? He's like, oh, I just, I just made it up. Because he's uh, he's an innovator like that. <laughs> so you you get WD HV two spaghetti. Yeah, exactly like that. <laughs> no. My favorite thing is uh, my mom and my stepdad started texting Y for yes and N for no. Mm-hmm. And so it'd be like, hey, can I go do something? Why? Like, because I, I want to? Oh, no, you're giving me permission. It's only two more letters. Yeah. <laughs> like. Well, yeah, it's like, it's like my dad, like, when he wants to say thank you, instead of saying thank you, he just says thanks, T-H-A-N-X. No. I do that sometimes, but mostly ironically. I know, but I'm just like, why just put KS? He's like, oh, it's shorter, it's quicker that way. And I'm like, it's one extra letter. S. Yep. I mean, it's it's amazing because this is the same guy who, up till three years ago, didn't have a cordless phone. (laughs) Didn't own a cell phone. That's awesome. He, he just, he doesn't, I mean, the only reason he has a cell phone now is because he's getting up there in age where I'm sick and tired of him leaving the house without having that way of contacting him. Yeah. You know, and it's just, even then he doesn't take it with him, you know, I have to sit there and I have to constantly call the cell phone, he doesn't answer, and then eventually I have two options, I have to drive out to his house or I call the bar in town. <laughs> so far he's at the bar in town, so I mean, like I never had to drive out there to find him, I just had to... Right. Yeah. Uh, Yikes. Yeah. Um, kid, well, yeah, again, kids, kids that age, they don't need smartphones. A fire phone. Like, that's all they need. Yeah, but I mean, and that's another thing, too, is like, you know, you see all these articles and stuff about how these little kids are using these enormous amount of data. Yep. Like, how many, I mean, I can't remember how many articles I've seen where people say, like, they have 400 500 $600 cell phone bills because of the data. But their kids are using? Literally unbelievable to me. It's, it's where, like, and then the purchases for games and stuff. Mm-hmm. Where, oh, yeah, I gave my kid my phone to play a game, and then next thing you know, I'm getting charged $5,000 for in game purchases. Well, how about you be a responsible parent and not give your kid your phone? You give him something else. Mm-hmm. Or, like, turn off the Wi-Fi. Yeah, or that. Or don't give them your password. Well, I guess it was, and that's what's happened, is because these parents started bitching at the cell phone people, <laughs> well, now they do that whole second... Uh, you have to type in your password again before you can purchase. But mm-hmm. you can turn that off. That's true. I tend to leave mine on. I'm a, I'm a very irresponsible consumer that way. <laughs> I'm sorry. Tough shit. If your kid spends your money racking up these things, that's your own fault. Right. It's not, not the manufacturer's fault because you're a piss poor parent. Yeah. yeah, fuck you, parents. For those of you tuning in to the 90s Kids podcast. <laughs> oh, shit. 
Oh, fuck. Um, oh, man. We just, we literally just did the plot of like, like, all we need to do is bring it back around to like, parents are awesome. And we'll be like, most teenage coming of age movies from the 90s that involved men and stepfathers. Oh, absolutely. I mean, well, we, we do got to discuss uh, smoking, uh, drug use, and uh, almost having sex. Right, and then and then we gotta have a sit down with the parents and realize the parents aren't against us; they're with us. I mean, that covers Full House, Boy Meets World, Family Matters, uh, for the step by step, uh, growing pains. I mean, it covers all of them, really. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. What was your favorite uh, '90s uh, TV show? Like a family TV show, like Full House, and stuff like that. Man, I don't even know. Hmm. Good question. Well, I mean, how about that? I'll give, I'll give you choose between three choices. Uh, Boy Meets World, Full House, or Family Matters. Which one's the best? Never watched any of them. Well, it's because you're an idiot. Uh, poo. That's really hard. Uh, my instinct is to go Boy Meets World. Mm-hmm. But Full House was really good, and so was Family Matters. Colin, how can you, how can you never watch any of those? Uh, I think I watched Growing Pains. That's the uh, is that the one with um uh Kirk Cameron? Kirk Cameron, yeah, that's the one that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was on, right? Yeah, I think so. He was on later in the uh, season. That and I also watched Home Improvement. Home Improvement was a good one too. I do like Home Improvement. Oh yeah, I like Home Improvement. Yes, the thing is, like like all those shows, like I mean, even when they're supposed to be like funny, like Family Matters, Full House, um. Well, pretty much all of them. They're, I mean, they're all like just designed to have like funny moments, but they had those like real like you know what if moments that people went through themselves. You don't yeah. Have, you don't have that on TV anymore. Yeah. I mean, I, granted, I'm not gonna say all TV, but I mean, like when you look at Disney Channel and Nickelodeon and shit like that, that nowadays you don't have that stuff anymore. You no, know, we're super postmodern. Yeah, I mean, there is no you know uh oh moments on Disney anymore. Everything's PG now, you know. Everything needs to be happy and good. And hey, it may suck for him because your dad won't let you out past 8 p.m. But you get out anyways. And he still loves you. Bullshit. <laughs> if I went out after curfew, I got my ass kicked. Yep. Well, no, you can't. That's inappropriate. We can't have our kids learning that kind of stuff. Yeah, Joey. Yeah. Remember when, uh, remember when you brought Casey out to Pietan? Yes. We're sitting on the back deck and we're sitting there talking. Yes. Okay. We sang Puff the Magic Dragon like yeah. four in the morning. <laughs> a bunch like of idiots. It wasn't like we were gone. I mean, we were still... I mean, granted, they probably, your dad probably got mad because we were being loud. Yeah, we were right outside their bedroom door or window, basically. Like, well, like, even though, like, we, I mean, we got we got chewed out and bitched at. Yeah. Now, back then, which granted wasn't that long ago, it was like, what, 10, 12 years ago? Probably, roughly. Okay. Yeah, so let's say about roughly a decade ago. Almost a decade ago, or at a decade ago, if if your dad beat the shit out of us, we deserved it. Yeah. And we and we owned up to it. Now with that, if you have a stepfather and a stepson, and that stepfather smacks that stepson, there's probably a good chance that the stepson's going to call the police. Right. Because he doesn't have discipline, he doesn't have respect. And that's because he didn't have Boy Meets World. <laughs> and 
That is one hell of a cause, causal relationship. That is fantastic. Right. I mean, it makes perfect sense. I'm not even going to argue with it. That's great. Right, right. If, if anyone... If anyone disagrees with me, tell me because I I don't see how I don't see how you can disagree with that shit. Oh my god! Like the Wonder Years, the Wonder Years is probably the best depiction of like a like a disgruntled family. That I mean, it's not. I'm not even thinking of the word disgruntled. Uh, what's the word? Dysfunctional. Yep. Dysfunctional family. It's just. I mean, I absolutely love the Wonder Years. But the Wonder Years is like 80s into the 90s, so I can't really compare it to what we're talking about because, I mean, I was born in 89, so I couldn't watch it, you know, as the beginning began. But, I mean, like, all these other shows, I could. But, I mean, like, the Wonder Years was perfect. And anybody has never seen the Wonder Years, you probably grew up to be a horrible fucking child. And you need to go watch the Wonder Years. It's not Netflix. <laughs> that is good to know. I'm just saying, so when you go on Netflix and you watch, the, you know... The Wonder Years. And you start watching what's going on. You're gonna think like, "Hey, I used to do the same stuff when I was younger." But then you're like, "Well, fuck! I never learned a lesson from that. I have to call my parents and apologize." <laughs> yeah, I doubt that that would ever happen. Oh, it definitely won't happen. I mean, I did it. I, I watched uh, episode Wonder Years one time. I remember what happened. I think uh, I think Kevin was out late or something like that. He was, he was drinking or something. And, uh, I mean, like, you don't you don't know what your parents are going through on the other side. You're just doing what you want to do. And then, like, after I was watching, watch how upset the parents are and everything, I just called my mom, and I'm like, Ma, my bad. I'm sorry. She's like, for what? I'm like, don't worry, you'll get it eventually. And I went to bed. But the point is, I called because that's the impact it made on me. That's fantastic. I know, right? Fuck yeah. But, I mean, after a while, when you start, you know, and if you didn't watch them and you've seen the things that, um, oh, God, was that there? Fred Savage is in. Fred Savage is a creepy fucking dude. And you gotta know him as Kevin Arnold before you know him as anything else. Because, I mean, like, he was on Monorail SVU, he was like some, like, rapist. <laughs> was he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, that kind of. Yeah, he kind of just looks like a rapist. Yeah, well, I think, um, was it, uh, Ben Savage? He was on, um, he was in an episode of Bones. Ben Savage? Yeah, Ben Savage. Uh, Fred Savage's brother who played in Boy Meets World. He was on an episode of Bones, the one where all the people from the printing company won the lottery. Ben Savage. Oh. oh. okay, yeah. Yeah. He's from, he's from one of those, what show is it? Boy Meets World. I just said that. He's a Boy Meets World. He's also on Girl Meets World, the spinoff, which is complete... Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's a good show, but it's complete garbage. Because it's nothing, nothing like Boy Meets World. Oh, a lot of my friends really like it a lot. I like it. I'll watch it because it's funny, but mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's not the same. You can't go into that show expecting it to be the uh, sequel to Boy Meets World because it's not because they don't have... Lessons. The, uh, the problems. The lessons, yeah. I mean, they have, like, small lessons for what Disney is now... That's referring to like the you know the eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve year olds. It's not like Boy Meets World Disney where it was like for the 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 year olds. So it's a good show, but you need to go into knowing that that's not Boy Meets World. It's its own different thing. Good to know. Okay. You know what else is good to know? Hmm. If you search Ben Savage on Google, uh, it'll let you know that people also searched for. Howie Mandel and Andre the Giant. 
<laughs> no idea how those are related. Well, oh, dude, was he in the Princess Bride? Was he the kid from Princess Bride? Oh, Ben Savage was he the was he the boy in Princess Bride? Oh, I've never seen the movie. Oh, how have you never seen that movie? It's so why good. Keep, why do you keep? Why are you so surprised? I'm just am. I have it. We'll watch it sometime. We'll add it to the list. Never seen Die Hard. Never seen any of the Lord of the Rings. Never seen the Star Wars fully. And yet, every time you hear when I don't listen to a movie, or I've seen a movie, you keep getting shocked. It's only like the classics that I'm shocked at. Princess Bride, that's one about the giant in it. What? Princess Bride is the one with the uh, Andre the Giants in it, right? Yeah. Andre the Giant, Manny Patinkin. Uh, can't remember his name. I don't think Ben Savage was in that. He probably wasn't. I'm just trying to figure out why they would be on the same thing. And then, like, I was looking at his face and thinking, that might have been him. <laughs> what, what I think it is, maybe they have Andre Giant in there because Andre Giant was a wrestler and they're going off Randy Machaman Savage. <laughs> maybe. Oh, man, that could that's entirely plausible. Hell yeah, man. See, I know my shit. Well, I myself have never seen Princess Bride as Oh, it's so good. Carrie Elway. That's the other person. Yeah, and that motherfucker has 500 movies. Um, 700 something. Uh, Fred Savage was the grandson. Gotcha. So lots of people, they, they search for Ben Savage, then they search for Fred Savage, and then they search for Andre the Giant. What about Howie Mandel? Why, why? I, haven't, I don't know why Howie Mandel was involved at all. Oh, fun fact. You know where the Savage Brothers are from? Chicago. Highland Park, yeah. That's fantastic. I'm just, I'm, I happen to be on Ben Savage's uh, IMDb page right now. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That makes me happy. 1980. He's 10 years older than me. I thought Andre the Giant was still around. No. Oh, no, no. 92, 93. He'd like died at his father's funeral. Oh, I think I'm just thinking of the big show. Oh, big show's still around, yeah. But no, Andre Giant died uh, like the early 90s, 90, 91, 92, or so around there. Yeah, 93. January 27th. January 27th of what year? 93. 93? Yeah. You ever uh, look at the facts about him and drinking? Dude could drink. It's insane how much he could drink. Yeah, see um... Oh, man, I got to find that information. Because, it's, I mean, it's a lot of, it's a lot of alcohol. It was like, there's actually even a story about it and everything about how much he actually, like, got down and... In a, in a feat that would put any drinker to shame, Andre the Giant once had 156 beers in one setting. And you know what? It wasn't beer, it was actually the Lord. <laughs> oh, man. According to Richard English, who took Andre almost two bottles of vodka in order to get a buzz. He could drink 16 bottles of wine in four hours. Holy crap, and he would do that before wrestling matches. Oh, yeah. Holy moly. That's insane. Oh, yeah. He could pick up Arnold Schwarzenegger like a feather. This BuzzFeed article reads like a Chuck Norris joke. <laughs> he could easily walk into a restaurant and eat 12 steaks and 15 lobsters in one sitting. 
He was he was a big dude. Man. Like I mean like yeah. what was he? I think he was seven four. Yeah. He is a uh Arcromia Jella. I have no idea. I had a I had a teacher in high school who was like six foot four and easily 250, 275. And he said he met Andre the Giant one time and shook his hand and uh, Andre's hand went all the way to his the middle of his forearm. Really? Yeah. So a dude, like, think of a dude almost your size with, like, my dad's sized hands and Andre's hands completely engulfed them almost up to this guy's elbow. Jeez. Yeah. Can you imagine if Andre the Giant had the same, like, um muscle reflexes your dad did if you want to go shake your hand like go like right away oh my gosh that would be terrifying <laughs> right <laughs> like he's scary enough as it is there's a there's a video out there of him doing a um, uh, he, he's getting interviewed by Bob Euchre uh, whenever you get a chance I want you to look it up it's Andre John interview with Bob Euchre um Basically, he's talking about he's getting ready to wrestle Hulk Hogan. Um, I can't remember which WrestleMania it was. But he's getting ready to wrestle Hulk Hogan. Bob Euchre, uh, he has his hand on Bob Euchre's shoulder, and he's talking about how Hulk Hogan's done, that he's, that's finished. He's going to go on with his title. And Bob Euchre like, tries to push his arm off, asks him to get his foot off of him, and Andre John just grabs his neck and starts shaking him. Jeez. <laughs> it is the funniest thing. I've ever seen the head of the Andre Giant. And this, I mean, this guy, I mean, he, he was wrestling. Uh, hi, everybody. You know, this, this thing is really getting kind of serious now. Is that it? Yeah, I think so. What, see if you can play it. Like, get played towards the end. Oh, okay. Give me a second here. Yeah, just play the audio. It's fine. I I, I played Gary Glitter, so I think we're okay. <laughs> oh, now I gotta wait for Safari to open. I actually, I closed out of the tab. Ah, man. So, no, it's, it's coming up. It's gonna take a second. Yeah, and all I wanted was the link. I didn't even want to freaking save it. Mute this ad. No one here wants to go to DeVry University. Unless we do, but I don't. Oh, I just heard something. I think... Was it DeVry? Oh my gosh. How about getting your foot off my shoulder? Holy crap. <laughs> I love that so much. Oh, that was ter- I that was terrifying. That was scary for me. And I wasn't even there. <laughs> but did you see how big his hand was? Yeah, man. His shoulder. <laughs> he has a pack of freaking Johnsonville brats for fingers. Play that end part again. <laughs> Just give me a laugh. It, it's funny. Do, 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 do. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Oh, man. So he was a really friendly guy, is what you said. He really was, though. Like, uh, everyone who knew him was like, man, he was like a, the nicest person you've ever met in your life. Gentle giant? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dave, he has one creepy looking dude, though. Yeah. Most of the time, he'd like just to mess with people. He'd like pass out places, and they couldn't move him because he was so big. <laughs> His build weight was five twenty. Oh my goodness! I couldn't imagine. He was. Oh man, it's. I would. I would love to see this guy. 
guy wrestle. That, I mean, that just, he's just a power of a man. Mm. Crazy. Oh, man. Oh. Well, uh, speaking of... Uh, speaking of great movies... <laughs> yeah, speaking of great movies, uh, foreign films like uh, Andre the Giant Pie Wolf and some crazy some friends. And uh, even Leonardo DiCaprio from uh, Family Ties. Uh, I know what you're thinking. What do all those things have in common? Well, one word. Oscars. Yeah, that's this month, isn't it? Yeah, uh, February 28th. Oh, it's that far away still? Oh, yeah. February 28th. Oh, yeah, look at that. Huh. I thought it was like yesterday for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if it was yesterday, then the whole point of our show today would be useless. Eh. Eh. But, I mean, I guess when you think about um, the final voting is uh, February 12th. Maybe that's what you're thinking about that's coming up. It might be. I don't know. I don't... I didn't watch enough movies last year to justify following the Oscars, so... Oh, neither have I. That's what's going to be the fun part about... Uh, yeah. Uh, about our predictions. Exactly, because what, what what I want to do is I want to pretend, if you will, that we actually know what we're going to talk about because I want to debate why we feel what we decide is going to win is actually going to win. And here's the thing. It's like, it's like I, I'm looking at all these movies. I have no idea what any of these movies are because I didn't see any movies last year, really, except for, you know, Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And all the other ones I did see, they're not on this. They're not on this list. None of them are. Yeah. There's not, I'm, not, I'm looking at. I'm trying to find them. There's not one movie that I saw last year that's up for an Oscar. So I'm gonna have a lot of fun with this because I know I know what I because I was looking at this a little bit earlier. I know which one I'm gonna choose in each category. And I never seen the movie, so I'm gonna bullshit like I know what the movie is and. Perfect. <laughs> Just based off the title. Well, I say we make a list. Each of us make a list for each category, and then we'll see at the end afterwards who's got the most right. Hmm. You should keep track. Is what you're saying? Yeah. All right. I'll for that. Oh, gotta find my pencil. <laughs> I gotta find a pen that the fucking dog will need. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Because you made another one today. That's right. All right. Tony, you got a pen up there? Yeah, I got a pen. Cool, talk to your pen. Okay. Just open the door. I'm right here at the end. Because <laughs> I'm walking around my nice new wireless headset. I think I can make it to my room, but you know how it is. That turns out that that marker is dead. That is a dead marker. Pooping. And that pencil is not sharpened. I like the most useless desk ever right now. <laughs> All right. Okay, let's go through. Uh, we want to cite this? Yeah. Yeah, I think, okay. I think what we'll do is. I think what we're going to do is. We'll go ahead and be the, uh, I guess, the presenters. We'll pretend to be the presenters. You know? We'll take turns. <laughs> um, Do we want to go through the categories first? Yeah. Yeah. You want you want to you want to list all list all the categories, Tom? Yeah, that's fine. Right. Okay. First up, we got 
Best Picture. Do we want to name the nominees for it too? No, no, just go ahead and do uh, just name do, just name off all the uh, categories, and then we'll go back and then we'll list them off there from that point. Okay. Okay. We first category is Best Picture. Then we have actor in a leading role. We have actress in a leading role. Then we have actor in a supporting role. Then actress in a supporting role. We have animated feature film. Uh, Cinematography. Then costume design. Then directing. Then documentary feature length. Followed by documentary short subject. Then we have film editing. Followed by foreign language film. Uh, Followed by makeup and hairstyling. After that we have music original score. And that's followed by music original song. Uh, production design comes after that. I didn't realize there were so many categories. Yeah, neither did I. Um, then we have short film animated. <laughs> and then we have short film live action. We have sound editing. We have sound mixing. Uh, followed by visual effects. Followed by writing adapted screenplay. And then the last one is writing of original screenplay. Wow. Lots of categories here. Took about an entire sheet of notebook paper. (laughs) Got them all wrote? Uh huh. Alright, now just to clarify, we're all looking at the nominees section on uh, Oscar.go.com. Yes. Awesome. I am. Joe, you? Oh, yes. Alright, alright. Just wanted to Alright, so I guess we'll start with uh, Best Picture, or do you want to start from the bottom, work our way up? Uh, let's. Uh, you can do it from the bottom. Yeah, let's start at the bottom then. Starting from the bottom, then we're there. Top. <laughs> okay, so we're starting with writing of the original screenplay, right? Yes. Yes. Perfect. Okay, so now we got the uh, nominees for this Oscar as Bridges Spies, written by Matt Sharman. And who's the fucking other guy? That one. Fuck yeah, guy. He didn't, do, he didn't do much in the movie. <laughs> Next one is Ex Machina, written by Alex Garland. Then we have, then we have Inside Out. Screenplay uh, is played by Pete Dactor and others. Spotlight, written by Josh Singer, a guy named Tom. A <laughs> guy named Tom. And Straight Out Compton, screenplay by Jonathan Herman. So um, let's uh, you know, let's start with Colin. Colin, uh, where are uh, where's your uh, winner at? My winner? <laughs> I mean, oof. I'd go with uh, X Machina. Machina. 
however it's said. I go Machina, but it could be Machina. I don't know. I've never heard anyone else say it. Yeah. In regards to I don't the film. Think they say it in the movie either. Uh-uh. All right, well, why? Why do you believe that's Machina? Because uh, I've seen the movie, one thing, and uh, definitely I thought that was an amazingly well done written movie. Um, it has a very good storyline to it for what it's trying to portray. So but that's pretty much why. Yeah. What about uh, what about you, Joe? I, uh, I I got to agree with Ex Machina for this category. I think the writing is just phenomenal. Um, I think uh, I don't get to use this word often, but uh, it was Philip K. Dickian, which is uh, yeah, right. It's, it's, it was great sci-fi. It was it was phenomenal sci-fi. It really sh- it really showcased the the best and the worst of. Uh, the potential of AI and artificial intelligence for those of you at home and uh, I just thought it was so good Um, it's not very often either that we get a movie that is um, uh, tragic in the ancient sense like it was not a happy film and that made me it made me happy deep down in my tapir deep down in my spirit animal so. Weird animal. Yep. Okay. I like that logic. It, it, it's thorough. It explains a lot. I like it. So, what about you? What are your thoughts? Uh, I'm going with Bridge of Spies. Nice. Spies. Fuck yeah. Why is that? Two words. Tom Hanks. <laughs> oh yeah, Tom Hanks. Always Oscar bait. Uh-huh. You could take it. You could put him on a hook and stand in a shallow stream. And kind of cast the line out and catch an Oscar. Just. He, he is the opposite of the Nardacan. Yeah, you can go fly fishing for Oscars with Tom Hanks. <laughs> How many Oscars has he won? I Like all of them. I don't even know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, uh, bum, 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 bum. I don't know. Like I mean, like I mean, I like Tom Hanks, and again, like you know, like I said, I didn't see this movie. But it feels like I know this movie based on the. Um... Oh, I'm sorry. He's only won two, but he's been nominated five times for Oscars. Yeah, but for o- overall awards, he's won 17 and been nominated 57 times. Yeah, because it's Tom Hanks. Now, the Oscars he's won, was that for obviously Tom Hanks? Or, I'm sorry, Forrest Gump? Uh, Forrest Gump and Philadelphia. Ah, you fucking wanted to guess the other one. <laughs> oh, sorry. Even though I knew, even though I was going to be wrong, I still wanted to guess. But, yeah, I mean, I just. There it is. What the fuck was that? <laughs> oh, okay. So the Oscars are also the Academy Awards. Yes. Gotcha. I was like, I don't even see Oscars listed. Yeah, but no, I mean, I just, I just think Bridge of Spies was a good suspense movie that came out. I, I don't think uh, Tom Hanks is really in. I mean, like, I'm trying to think. Of, besides uh, Bridge of Spies, what's the last thing he was in? Um, Angels and Demons. Uh, it, it may have been. I feel like it had to be something else more recent, but... Uh, probably. Oh, uh, wasn't, um... 
He's been quite a I am the captain now. Captain Phillips. Yeah. Uh, wasn't that more recent? Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was. Uh, that was a good movie. Two years ago, maybe. Yeah, if you've never seen it, I would. I recommend it. Go see Captain Phillips, or rather, sit back home and stream it because you can do that now. We're in the future. <laughs> uh, Toy Story three. Toy Story three. Toy Story four is coming up. Cloud Atlas. Mm, Cloud Atlas. And then he also played Walt Disney in Saving Mr. Banks. Oh, that's true. That was a good movie. I've never seen it. It was a very good movie. Is it? It was a movie about the creation of a movie. Yeah, because it's Walt Disney and the creating of Mary Poppins, right? Yep. Okay. I'll have to check it out sometime. Yeah, yeah. So. All right, so we're at uh, Brick of Spice for me and Ex Machina for you two. Yep. Yep. Uh, okay, uh, who wants to do the next, uh, next group? Sure. Uh, for writing an adapted screenplay, uh, we've got The Big Short, uh, Brooklyn, Carol, The Martian, and Room. Okay, okay. Uh, I guess we'll keep in the order that we're going. Sure. Okay. I'm going to say the... Because I'd imagine the adapted screenplay is like from a book the movie, correct? Uh, I believe so. Okay. Um, I'm going to say The Martian. And the reason I say it is because I've heard lots of good things about it. I've never seen it. So, but I've heard, I think I've heard that it, they did a really good job on ada- uh, adapting it from the book. So that's my decision. All right, man. Now I'm torn because you've now done picked the same thing as me twice, and so <laughs> now I feel like I need to change my answer. Ah, you don't have to go with what you say. Yeah, I I also feel as though it's going to be The Martian, but I don't know. I'm also kind of leaning toward Carol. Okay, what's Carol about? Uh, in the early 1950s, department store clerk Therese Bellavet, or Bellavet, is entranced by Carol Aird, a self-assured suburban housewife. As their relationship intensifies, Therese and Carol find themselves subjected to ve- vehement scrutiny, especially by Carol's soon-to-be ex-husband, Harge, and Carol is pressured to abandon the affair in order to retain custody of her young daughter. So, basically, uh, lesbianism in the 50s. Gotcha. Um... Now, I say that, but apparently the actual book is much more complex, and the actual story it's based on, it was, I believe, based on a true story, um, is is much more in-depth than that. There's actually a lot more nuance and, and stuff going on in it. Um, but I feel like one of the reasons that the Academy Award people would lean toward it is because it basically is uh, like, let's take this great... LGBTQ story and make it super heteronormative so super straight so that straight people will like it and watch it and pay money for it and then let's give it an award for that reason so I feel like Carol's going to win for that reason over The Martian so I'm calling it hashtag Oscar's so straight 
I'm uh, I'm gonna go with the big short. I don't think um, I don't think in my in my opinion, from what I've understand, listening to you know other podcasts and people talk, the Martian and Reverend are like again. This is just my view, and I could do that because it's my fucking show. <laughs> um, it's the two biggest uh, vid- uh, movies in this Oscars. That makes sense. Okay, so I don't see the Martian winning an award at this level. Gotcha. You think you think writing is too far down for it? I, I honestly believe that this is actually ranked from top to bottom. Like, I think it's like the more the lower level. Granted, they are important because without the writing, you don't have a movie. So I believe it's important, but I don't think this is like. I mean, would you rather win an award for best actor or best movie, or win the award for best writing? I guess it depends if I was an ask- actor or not. Yeah. <laughs> if I was a writer, I would want the award for writing. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on who you're asking. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with the big short. I mean, there's there's four great actors that are compiled in this one movie. You know, between Christian Bale, Steve Carell, uh, Ryan Gosling, and Brad Pitt. Oh, that's else? true. I mean, they're four great actors. I don't see them winning anything higher up, but I definitely see them winning something. I think this is going to be uh, their category to win it in. Yeah, I can see that. I could see that. Yeah. So, hey, at least that one we show something different. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, I just want to let you know that the guy who, who wrote the Martian also wrote uh, World War Z and uh, Cabin in the Woods along with the movie uh, Cloverfield oh no kidding yep that is fantastic yes alright how do I get back to that page that I was on (laughs) nominees This is a much less organized page. What the crap? Good job. Uh, <laughs> I don't care. Um, What's next? Hey, Colin, you're, you're up. Oh, right? uh, am I up? I'm up. Oh, Disney, I accidentally closed the page. <laughs> you're fucked. <laughs> you just want me to do it while I get your page? No, nope, no, nope, no. Nope, it's right here. Just All right. Load. It's just got a little loading. Okay, let me get back down to where we were. Our next one is visual effects. Visual effects. I don't know. See, I, I, I didn't think that Star Wars was going to... Okay, well, yeah. Visual effects. Our nominees are Ex Machina, Mad Max Fury Road, Star Wars The Force Awakens, The Martian, and The Reverend. Um, now for me I'm going to say Ex Machina again and (laughs) the reason I say this is once again yes it's because I've seen it but also the setting of which it is done in is I think it's just a gorgeous setting I mean 
very beautifully set. The house that they, it takes place in, along with the environment it takes place in, it's just amazing. But that's the kind of stuff that uh, uh, I enjoy. Along with the, the, the I guess, CG uh, that's in it for the girl. It's just outstanding in my eyes. That was beautiful, Colin. Yes. It brought a tear to my own eye. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I'm so torn. Because you want to say Star Wars? No. I want to say The Martian. Because I feel like this is one of those things where, like, everyone talked about how stunning the visuals were for The Martian. And, oh, it looked like he was actually on Mars. And, oh, it looked like he was actually talking through a computer screen. And blah, 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 blah. My arm is not long enough for the jerk-off motion in my soul. (laughs) But I still feel like it's going to win for that reason. Even though I honestly believe Ex Machina had better visual effects. Like, I've never seen an android that looked as realistic as that. Yeah. And so it's like, it's really tough, but I think I'm going to have to go the Martian. Okay. Okay. I'm torn. I'm torn between Ex Machina and uh, Mad Max. Ooh, nice. Well, see, the only thing is like, like when it comes to Ex Machina, uh, Xbox is only nominated for two categories, and this is two of two that we're on right now. Oh, okay. Got it. She was on this one, then back in the uh, writing, original screenplay. Yeah. So I, I feel like, and, uh, granted, you know, I, I doubt the Oscars wants to be fair and give everyone an award, you know, like fucking Billy Basswell nowadays. Right. Everyone gets <laughs> good interpretations. Yeah. Yeah, and for that sense, I think I'm going to lean more towards Mad Max. Just for the fact that I remember how the original Mad Max was, where it was um, Mel Gibson driving through the desert. I think that they did so much more now with with the technology they have, and just based on the trailers and everything, how great everything looks. I think I have to go more with Mad Max uh, Fury Road in that sense, just because I think nice. I, th- I think that, I think they did well on it. I mean, like, granted, like, maybe they had some great effects for, you know, Martian and everything, but how much effects do you have to do for a guy staring into a fucking box with a wasteland behind him? Right. No, I'm with you. That's fair. Grand, yeah, Grand Mad Max is, again, a wasteland, but, I mean, between between the, the driving and the, the cars that they had to create and the explosion, I mean, like, I think so much more effects have built into that, and I think for that reason it's going to win. Hey, great, maybe a lot of people think Reverend's going to win, but again, Reverend's just, it's a winner. It's a, it's the woods in fucking winter. Right. You know, you don't have to do too much with it. But again, you know, I haven't seen these movies. I'm going Mad Max. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I totally get you there. Uh, and a lot of the Mad Max uh, effects were practical effects, which is pretty cool, too. So, like, you know, the big, uh, like, the flame guitar and, like, the the truck that had, like, the flame piano on it or whatever. Like, those were all things that they actually built for the film that worked. Like, none of that was CG. So... I totally, I respect that. I respect your choice. And when it comes to Mad Max, actually a guy who 
I watch on YouTube uh, Devin Supertramp he actually did a thing for Mad Max where they basically do a reenactment I guess of the uh, scene and it's really gorgeous looking and really took time out uh, and if you're interested in that kind of stuff he, he does all the like he does camera shots and stuff it's not anything set it's just he's a camera guy so and definitely uh if that's something that interests you, I say check that out if you enjoy Mad Max. Nice, nice. Um, all right, so the next um, the next category is sound mixing. Um, I want to search this real quick to kind of figure out exactly what it was. So I'm going to read you guys what it says about it. Maybe you guys don't know, but I'm going to share with you anyways. Uh, the Academy Award for Best Sound Mixing is an Academy Award that recognizes the finest or most euphonic sound mixing or recording. It's generally awarded to the production sound mixers and re-recording mixers of the winning award or winning film. Um, so I guess it's not really music; it is um, sound effects. Is that right? Or how they blend the sound effects into the movie? Yeah, yeah probably. All right, cool. Alright, well, uh, nominees for what I think sound mixing is. Uh, Bridge of Spies, The Reverend, Mad Max, Sherry Road, Star Wars, The Force Awakens, and The Martian. Okay. Okay, for that, I'm going to have to say The Reverend. And I'm going to say it because, like you said, it's wilderness and wilderness has sounds in it and that's kind of stuff you gotta get right I mean if you step on twig you're gonna hear it snap mm-hmm. I mean depending on where it is and what else going around you but if, if you don't have that <coughs> sorry uh, if you don't have that sound affecting in there it's not gonna be worth it I get it. So you're, you're going mm-hmm. based on it being able to really catch every natural sound that the woods yeah. have. Yeah. Or, yeah. All okay. right. Uh, I think I'm going to go Star Wars on this one. Uh, I'm looking here, and uh, Andy Nelson uh, has been nominated over 20 times for an Academy Award for sound mixing. And so I feel like this might be his year. Okay. Okay. So it's not so it's not the sounds that the film produced, it's the guy who did it. Yeah, yeah. I think a little, a little bit of both. I think the other thing is like so uh there's a lot of good stuff going on, but with Star Wars, it's also the year that John Williams came back, and we're going to see that in the original score section later on. But I feel like it doesn't matter how good your score is, like the overall musical quality of your movie, if you know if it's not faded in properly, and then you know repl- you know the blasters and things and all of that are all just as much a part of the music of the film as the music itself. And so I feel like to keep up with John Williams is just, it's got to be an amazing experience. And I feel like it's got to be something that makes you award worthy. 
So. I get what you're saying. I mean, that. I, I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying. That's. <clears throat> excuse me. It makes a lot of sense. Um. I would have to go with. I'm not going Mad Max again on this. Nice. Just because, for as great as uh, the films were, um, the films' visuals had to have been, the sound's gonna be about the same as well. And I mean, just looking at, I mean, just, I mean and I'm just trying to look up the that guys who did it, kind of an idea of who they were. And between the three guys that they're showing that were part of this, uh, they already had a couple wins, a lot of nominations and everything. And you, I also believe you can't have those visuals without the sounds behind them, you know? I mean, to watch I mean, to watch a video on mute, I mean, how impactful is an explosion without the sound behind it? Or, you know, if you're watching the race across the desert, I mean, how, I mean, how intense can a race be if you don't have that engine revving, you know? Right. Yeah, definitely makes sense. Yeah. So, so for for those reasons, um, I, I gotta go with Mad Max again. And uh, nice. Something I looked up, or something I was just looking at. Uh, if you look at the um, if you look at the the Oscar page, uh, actually the Wikipedia page, because you know everything on there is real. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It shows you um, how many each thing, uh, each video is nominated for. And actually, Mad Max is nominated for more uh, awards than The Martian. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, if you just look at it real quick, it shows The Reverend was nominated for 12, Mad Max for 10, The Martian for 7, Bridge of Spies, Carol, and Spotlight are all tied for 6. The Big Short in Star Wars is tied for five, which is surprised me because I thought Star Wars would be higher up there. But after thinking about it, like maybe only um, nominated for five because it came out at the end of the year. And yeah, I can see that. I mean, when I'm like, really, like, Grand, like, these are all 2015 movies. That movie came out with three weeks left of the, the year, you know? It's like, it didn't have, like, that, I guess, that time. But maybe I could be wrong. I don't know. Uh, the Danish Girl in Room tied for four nominations. Brooklyn, Hateful Eight, and Cecilio tied for three. Sicario. Sicario. Uh, X Machina, Inside Out, and Steve Jobs are tied for two. Oh, man. I would have thought Inside Out would have gotten a lot more. Yeah. So I guess it is animated. Yeah. Uh, Alright. Where are we at next? Keep this going. So, uh, sound editing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm up. Yep, I believe so, right? No, it'd be Joe. Joe, Joe, you're up. Sure. Uh, sound editing. We've got Mad Max, Fury Road, The Martian, The Revenant, Sicario, and Star Wars, The Force Awakens. Colin, what are your thoughts? Ooh. Sound editing. Uh, I think I'm gonna have to go with the Reverend again, and this is basically the same with the sound mixing. I mean, yeah, you can have the, the sounds. You gotta have the natural sounds that go with the wilderness, but they have to be key to what they're going with too. So, I mean, 
if, if something's being scratched, like wood's being scratched by the bear that's in it, you, you don't want to have it like branches breaking. I mean, you want to have it once again, like uh, <coughs> realistic of what you would actually hear on the wood. Matching the sound to what the sound should be and making sure what's happening on the screen is happening with the sound as well. Nice. Yeah, that makes sense. What do you got, Jeff? I, uh... I don't know on this one. I feel like... I'm gonna go Mad Max for this one. So, because I, th- I think you're right. I think you got, you've got to deal with a lot of editing issues in terms of making the right sounds for cars that help you be drawn into scenes, especially when like a lot of the movie is one long chase scene. You got to have stuff that continually draws you in and makes it exciting, so that you don't forget you're being chased. Yeah. So, Travis? Yeah, I mean, you don't want no F-14 for, uh, what is it, a Camaro or something? Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm, uh, you know, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with the Reverend. I'm gonna go with that. And I think the only reason I wanna go with the Reverend is, like, um... I think with all the motions, all the movements and everything that he's doing as an individual person going through the woods and the trees and everything, like you need to be able to edit out the sounds you don't want. Like the rustling of like bushes or leaves or something like that that's on the ground. Um, you know, if he's breathing heavy, you kind of, you want to have it, but you don't want to have too much of it. And you want to have the perfect amount of uh, wilderness sounds that uh, that won't overlap into each other when you're in a certain amount of you know scenery and so that uh, you know you want you want that bird flying up through the air you want that wind blowing through you want you know that that deer running through the woods you want those things but I don't think you want too much of it and to be able to edit out the more than you needed sounds, I think it's really important, especially in um, a suspense movie um, out in the middle of nowhere. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Okay. I know my shit. I dig it. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now it's concert. It's my turn again? It's your time. turn. It is. Um, it's, you know. Just happy? Yes. And what we are up for is short film with a live action. And (coughs) I think I'm going to go with the everything will be okay. And I'm going to say this because from what I see, it's about a... uh, father uh, who are is divorced from the mom the daughter uh, and they spend a weekend together and it's just nice to see like the father daughter relationship and what they 
do on the weekends. I think they could make something of that. Well, that's my pick. Hmm. I was on mute. <laughs> I was on mute. I was uh, I was agreeing with you, but you couldn't hear me. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm just uh, uh, so as we're recording, the Iowa caucuses are are wrapping up, and uh, you know, just as a millennial, I feel like it's really comforting to know that everything will be okay. So a movie by that title ought to win at least one throwaway nomination from Joe. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with day one. Nice. Just because uh, it's different than what Colin voted for and it looks like the only one I can pronounce. (laughs) Unless that one is actually shock without a C. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you can't pronounce stutter. Is that what it is? Yeah. The fucking hairs in my face. I, I thought there was more to it. Stutter. I think you. Need well, no, it. no, because no, because once in a while I fucking stutter, and that's insulting to me. <laughs> oh. Okay, okay, okay. I get that. Yeah. Um. Some no, I think I think day one. Um, I think day one really. Um, it, it brings out that lesson. You know, it's that insightful. Um, story about how everything starts with a single first day and uh it's it'll be a very inspirational film that i do recommend a lot of people seeing uh it really uh hits home for a lot of people um i've never seen the fucking movie i have no idea what it's about but i'm assuming it hits home for somebody out there yeah 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 uh (laughs) my turn it is. Perfect. Okay, so let's go from live action to animated. Okay. Short film animated. I know, it's my turn. How dare you? said from live action to animated. Yeah, right? Come on now. Well, there's an animated category, good sir. You're an animated category. Your mom's an animated category. Oh, God. Have you seen Tom's mom lately? What? Have you Shut up, Travis. <laughs> no? Oh my god! I would toss it around. Okay. I was just saying, like, like, I'm not saying that, like, I would want Colin to call me dad. <laughs> oh god! Shut up, Travis. <laughs> like, I mean, there, there won't be any marriage involved. I mean, I would definitely throw it around a little. <laughs> oh, right. uh, anyways, short film animated. Uh, we got Bear Story, Prologue, Sanjay Super Team. Sanjay? Sanjay? Sanjay, yep. I think so. World of Tomorrow, and we can't live without Cosmos. Okay, okay. Uh, Colin, what are, we, what are we looking at here for short film animated? Ooh, I'm going to have to go with a bear story, or bear story. And that's because how can you not love cute little bears? I mean, it's, it's a family. It's a family of bears, and it's just telling a short story. Looks pretty claymation, too. Yeah. A lot of, lot of victory wreaths at the top of the film. That I dig it. my choice. 
We're looking at uh, Joe. I'm going Sanjay's super team. I'm a big fan of Bollywood. It's a great. It's a great market. Uh, it's a market that American films really need to expand into. And uh, I think. Uh, I think it's, it's it's a great little superhero short film, told from the perspective of a young boy, writing stories about things he likes. So, it's got my vote. I like it. I like it. I'm gonna go with uh, World of Tomorrow because those are some sad-looking fucking stick people, and they they deserve something. You know, that was gonna be my second choice. It's just like I mean, I mean, granted, I mean, I used to like stick figures like that. I mean, who who has the body shaped like an A with a cross on it? It's like a TP with a fucking head. Yeah. <laughs> that, but that's why they should win because that's sad looking. I dig it. Yeah, I, res- I respect that. That was my second choice also. So they really compensate with the animation and the scene around the people. So. Neat. I like it. I'm glad, I'm glad that I'm able to take your second best and make it uh, a number one to somebody. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Joey, you back up? Sure. In the category of production design, we have Bridge of Spies, The Danish Girl, Mad Max Fury Road, The Martian, and The Revenant. Colin, my man, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think with production design, I'm going to have to go with The Danish Girl. Um, That's because I... I, I like the story. It's about a painter, and I, I like that kind of movie. I mean, I was a huge fan of the movie Pollock, which, if you've ever seen it, it's about Jackson Pollock. Oh, nice. Abstract painting. Yeah. Very, very good movie. So. All right. I dig it. I am. Uh, I am gonna have to go with. Mad Max. Okay. For this one, uh, they really, really sold the uh, dystopian future. Gotcha. So I, I feel like with with everything that went into really making the world believable of that film, I think they really knocked it out of the park. Gotcha. Colin, uh, Colin, what did you pick? The Danish girl. You picked the Danish girl. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, production design. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pick Bridge of Spies. Okay. Again, it's. I mean, fucking, it's Tom Hanks. You know, it's, it's fucking Tom Hanks. Yeah, he doesn't do movies that are bad. Oh. Yeah, I I, I get it. I mean, and, like, and that's the thing. It's like, I mean, like, this is the guy that goes from playing Forrest Gump to playing Woody from Toy Story to playing whatever his character was in, um, fucking, um, what the hell is that movie? Any of them. Nah, not, the, the prequel to Angel, or the... No, oh, the Da Vinci Code. Yeah. 
Yeah, Joey, we saw the heaters. We did. We did. We saw it because you couldn't sneak, you couldn't sneak into... Uh, yeah, because I was a child. That's right. <laughs> I remember that movie, The Omen. We tried, man. Like, you know, they asked the ID. We went for the uh, vintage. Uh, oh, I left my ID on the car. And, yeah. And, Pricks. Uh, cool. But Da Vinci Code, I mean, like, that was, it was such a good movie. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Well, I mean, that's the guy. He played a gangster in Road to Perdition. He played a, a wooden toy in, you know, Tom Hanks, or in uh, Toy Story. <laughs> I mean, like, he, he, he could do it all. He, you know, the castaway. I mean, this guy deserves to win something. And it's not going to be one of the biggest ones. It's going to be something down here, like production design or uh, writing an original screenplay. Gotcha. Um, okay. Uh, where are we at now? Who Who's up? Colin. Uh, I'm up. No. No way. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Travis did animated. I did production design. That's right. You've got music. I have music. The original song. Our nominations are Earn It from Fifty Shades of Grey, Manta Ray from Racing Extinction, Simple Song Number Three from Youth, Writings on the Wall from Spectre, and then Till It Happens to You from The Hunting Grounds. And when it comes to the original song, and this is based solely on what I've heard from its, what is it, predecessors are what comes before, right? Yes. Yes, its predecessors. I'm going to have to say The Writings on the Wall from Spectre. And I've always enjoyed the soundtrack and songs chosen for... If you don't know, Spectre is a James Bond movie, so the soundtracks for the James Bond movies. (laughs) And I don't see how this would not be a good song. So... And that's why I'm choosing it. Yeah. That was exactly why I was choosing it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I feel like I don't really need to recap that. That was that was exactly it. They they tend to really really pick and create the right music for Bond films. So, yep. And it's Bond. I mean, how could you not? I mean, is that the only category Bond is is up for a nomination in? I mean... Uh, so far, it's the only one that's popped up in. Yeah. I feel uh, like it might be the only one. From uh, from the nominations earlier, uh, now the lowest was two, and he wasn't even on that, so... Yeah. Yeah. So I, f- I feel like this is where Bond is going to get its... It's whatever. So... I got you. Comeuppance. Uh, I'm going with Earned It by Fifty Shades of Grey, or from Fifty Shades of Grey, because I still believe that sex sells, and that Fifty Shades of Grey don't win anything, it's going to win it here. Yeah. Uh, I think think a lot of women really got into this movie, and a certain type of guy also got into this movie, Mm -hmm. and I believe that this is going to be their moment where they can take uh, their erotic... um, feelings and really uh, you know win something for them and I think it's going to come out of a 50 Shades of Grey's uh, earned it 
Gotcha. Plus, I've never watched any James Bond movies, so I don't about. No. Mind-boggling. Yeah, quit, quit being surprised. I know. <laughs> uh, you're up, Joe. In the category of music original score, we have Bridge of Spies, Carol, The Hateful Eight, Sicario, and Star Wars The Force Awakens. Colin. Ooh. Two words here. John Williams. Right? John Williams is a phenomenal uh, composer. And... I've heard multiple things by him, and I would definitely would have to go with the Star Wars The Force Awakens, because even the Star Wars films always have great scores with them for what's going on in the scenes. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. Uh, normally, uh, I would go with whatever the Tarantino film is. Because that's usually, like, he writes his movie around the score in a lot of ways. But uh, John Williams came out of retirement to do Star Wars. He's not not getting the award. So. Did he really come out of retirement? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. At least everything I've ever read. I could have also read the wrong things that were all lies, but I'm going to go with I read it on the internet, so it was true. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going I'm going Star Wars because John Williams is the man. Okay. <clears throat> uh, I'm going Hateful Eight because I believe Quentin Tarantino has the best um, scores that uh, and there's and scores in the movies um, and basically Joe you said it like you would choose but instead you went with Star Wars I get it. you gotta go Star Wars because of Star Wars I mean yeah yeah well and John John Williams is just he's he's written no, 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 no. more scores than anybody in Hollywood <laughs> I'm gonna shit on John Williams okay actually quick question John Williams did he also do the same uh, scores in Jurassic Park I believe so okay still I'm going with Hateful Eight yeah, let's see. Just for just for fun, here's a list of things John Williams has done. Valley of the Dolls. This is just things he's been nominated for. Valley of the Dolls, The Reavers, Goodbye Mr. Chips, Fiddler on the Roof, The Poseidon Adventure, Images, Tom Sawyer, Cinderella Liberty, Cinderella Liberty again, uh, The Towering Inferno, Jaws, Star Wars, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Superman, The Empire Strikes Back, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Yes, Giorgio, E.T., Return of the Jedi, The River, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, The Witches of Eastwick, Empire of the Sun, The Accidental Tourist, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Born on the Fourth of July, Home Alone, Home Alone uh, Oh, Home Alone Original Song Home Alone Original Score JFK, Hook, Schindler's List Sabrina, Nixon Sleepers, Amistad, Saving Private Ryan Angela's Ashes, The Patriot Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone AI, Catch Me If You Can Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban Munich, Memoirs of a Geisha, War Horse The Adventures of Tintin, Lincoln and The Book Thief So those are just the things he was nominated for that doesn't include all the other stuff that he also wrote. <laughs> yeah, what did he win? Um, bloop, bloop, doo, doo. I don't know. 
Yeah, that's right. <laughs> At least five things. <laughs> yeah, five out of the entire list. Five. Five. Fair. Fair. <laughs> Oscar um, wins. I'm, I'm sure you know. I'm sure it's great. I mean, like, like I said, you, you list off a lot of movies, and you know what? I have watched some of those movies. Um, and some of them were good. But I don't believe that they're going to win it. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. I just, I don't. And, um, Grant, you know, looking at the composer that, you know, I'm thinking he's going to win. He, uh, he doesn't have a lot to be nominated for. He has very few, but you know what? I think it's about quality, not quantity. So um, I'm still going to stick with uh, my guy because John Williams sounds like a whore. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's fair. (laughs) John Williams, if you want to come on our show and explain how you're not a whore, please do it. (laughs) Yes, please. We will. And we'll glad and we'll gladly we'll gladly let you win. Yeah. Just come on our show. <laughs> yeah, Jurassic Park, Lost World, Jurassic Park, both his. He's been doing it for a long time. Yep. Since what, nineteen fifty six? Yeah, at least. Crazy. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say fifty six. K. Razzy. <laughs> 52. <laughs> um, okay, who's next? You. Oh, I'm up? Yep. Perfect. This is a, this is a small a small um, category here for uh, makeup and hairstyling. Right? That's what we're on? Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. We got Mad Max Shuri Road. We got a hundred year old man who climbs. What the fuck? Climbed out the window. Climbed out the window. And the Reverend. I honestly they threw the reverend in here just because they wanted more to get it. <laughs> um, uh, Kyle. Yeah, I'm going to go with Mad Max on this one. And that's from what I've seen. There's some crazy good makeup in that show, in that movie, and along with the hairstyles of the characters. I mean, what, Sharice Throne has a shaved head, right? Okay. Go That she does. Uh, I'm gonna go the hundred year old man who jumped out the window. Uh, it's it's I think difficult to make an actor look a hundred without making the the makeup too doofy looking. So I'm gonna go with them. They uh, they did a good job of of making their characters look the age that they're supposed to be. So. I'm gonna have to um, I'm gonna have to agree with Colin on my Max. Just because I mean like even when you look at the cover, I mean there's makeup. You know, there's instant makeup that you see it. But like when, if you were to look how everyone else is there, I mean like they have weird hairstyles, they have weird makeup. They they look dirty, which obviously no these people are walking around as like dirty people, but they're made up like that, you know? Yeah. So I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Mad Max on that one. Okay. Good choice. I, I think it's solid. Yeah. So, Colin. Oh, we're back up to me. 
and we are going out to a foreign language film. And for it's our... It's my favorite category right here. That's what I'm living for. <laughs> I'm going to... Oh, wait. Yeah. Let me name them off first. Our uh, nominations for the foreign language film are Embrace of the Serpent, Mustang, Son of Saul, Thieve, and War. Now, before we decide which ones are ours, let me uh, name where each of these are coming from, because that's actually important, since it is foreign language. <coughs> uh, the Embrace of the Serpent is from Colombia. Mustang is from France. Son of Saul. Saul? Saul. From- Probably. Okay. Is from Hungary. I don't know. I'm not Hungarian. In America, we say Saul. Okay. I'm Hungarian. <laughs> oh, you are Hungarian. I forgot. Yeah. I'll, defer, I'll, I'll defer to your judgment. That's, uh, that's Saul. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Saul with a U. Perfect. Saul. No, Saul. I'm sorry. Saul. Yeah, okay. I, I, I rescind my complaint. That's right. <laughs> um, Thebe from Jordan and a war from Denmark. <coughs> um, and for my choice for this category, I'm going to have to say Embrace of the Serpent. And it talks about a man who is ill <coughs> and they go to the Amazon Amazon wilderness. Amazon. Yeah, Amazon wilderness. Right into the Amazon. Plant that will help his illness. So. I dig it. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna go Mustang. Uh, I I enjoy French films. I think the Academy enjoys French films. And uh, honestly, it's the only one I've heard anything about. And I've heard that it's good. So, going with Mustang. Valid point. I, I can see that. Um, I am also going with Mustang. But I'm going with Mustang on the sheer belief that after the attack that happened this year, mm. they, they kind of want to give back to it. I can see that. Like, I'm, not, I'm not saying like it's a pity thing. I'm saying it's like you know, here you go. Here's here's your little something. Yeah, <laughs> I dig it. All right. In the category of film editing, we have The Big Short, Mad Max, The Revenant, Spotlight, and Star Wars. Colin. For this, I'm going to have to say The Reverend. And it's got it's got to be good editing. Yeah. <laughs> that much I can say. I mean, I know that Star Wars, I mean, a lot of movies do it. They jump around characters mm-hmm. a lot and 
from what I saw from the trailers for The Reverend, it looked like a pretty good majority of it was focused on the main character. And <laughs> in my opinion, that's something that I enjoy. I don't need to know 500 different stories of what's going on in the story. Gotcha, gotcha. If that makes any sense. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Uh, where, where are you at, Joey? I'm, I'm going Star Wars. So I feel like uh, in order to make the film work in the right order required some serious editing. Uh, on the parts of uh, the 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 cast and crew, crew really, I suppose at this point. Um, and I feel like, you know, they I know that they shot hours and hours more of film than they needed, and so I think I think to be a part of the team that says this is in or that's out is a is a really tough job. And for Star Wars, I think they really they nailed it to tell the right story for this film. Yeah, yeah. I was um, I was I was also going to go with Star Wars on this one. Um, I didn't know how to word my answer, but I think you just did it for me. Um, I think just, I think there's just there's a lot of moving parts in at least two of these movies, and that's Mad Max and that's Star Wars. Yeah. You know, and I think with I think with how much more uh, visual there is in Star Wars, I think it needs to look perfect in order for the movie to be perfect. And I'm going to have to go. I'm going, and that's why I'm going to Star Wars. I think it's because there's so much more into it that it's not perfect. People aren't going to appreciate, it, especially Star Wars fans. Now, there there's a lot of Star Wars fans. I don't see a lot of Mad Max fans. You know, and I think because, you know, these people who are so ingrained in being Star Wars fanatics. Yeah. You know, they need to, like, you know, they will critique it to, like, I mean, like, to the bone. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I'm part of a group on Facebook that's just, ugh. It's like watching that scene in, in Ark of the Covenant where all the Nazis' faces melt off. <laughs> but it's the movie. Like that's just that's how acidic these people are about what they like and what they don't like. Yeah. Yeah, I, think, I think I mean there there are people out there who just want to go to enjoy a movie, and then there are people out there who who want to fucking nitpick it to the very bone. Like you know, it would have been perfect except I saw this fucking leaf blow across the screen, and we all know in space there are no leaves. <laughs> right. Let the leaf go. You know, fuck the leaf. There were space trees, brother. Okay. <laughs> space trees. Anyway, okay. Next up. You. Oh, it's me. Fuck yeah. Documentary short subject. Uh, nominee for this one is Body Pink 12. A Girl <sighs> in the River. The Princess of Forgiveness. Last Day of Freedom. Claude Landsman. Spectress of the Shoah. Yep. Perfect. And then whatever the hell that is, Chow, Beyond the Lines. <laughs> For this one, I'm going to have to go with the Claude Lanes- Lanesman, mm-hmm. the Spectres of Shoah. And 
That's because <laughs> from the title, uh, specters, which are ghosts, um, and Showa is a film that he created, a documentary that went into uh, interviewing people uh, during, well, not during, but uh, World War II and the people that were affected by that. Uh, it's interviews and visits for Holocaust sites um, that were across Poland and the extermination camps. And I imagine somebody that's uh, going like, through that, uh, it's got to be tough because those were some very tough times to, add, to hear about it from actual people. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on this one as well. Um, uh, Shoah is actually the um, like the Hebrew word for the Holocaust, and it means like the desolation. Um, so it's it's I think anything anytime you get at the risk of saying this wrong, a good Holocaust movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know what I mean. I, th- I think I think. If you get a film that really shows the human interest uh, of the Holocaust and and brings it back to the forefront and reminds people about how terrible this thing was so that we never forget it and we never do it again, I think that's fantastic. And I think it's I think it's a very important thing. So and I don't know. Claude sounds like another French name. So more points. (laughs) Um, Speaking of. Holocaust movies. I watched one on HBO. Uh, very, very, I mean, it's actually documentaries during the war. It's basically a documentary of film that was taken from the military's perspective. And <laughs> it's people that actually go out there and film during war. So it's all actual live footage of stuff that went on during the war, and uh, basically it's based on the concentration camps. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's definitely an eye opener and something that I would not say for the faint of heart. Right. So. Quite right. Um. I'm going with uh, a girl in the river. I think that that bitch looks hot behind that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I bet she looks cute, but uh, the the thing that attracts me to it is the price uh, of forgiveness. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of people who um, who are really in that kind of mindset, especially with everything that's going on. You know, everyone needs, like, you know, everyone's going to forget this. Not, not even so much for, like, I guess, I guess, I guess in reality, I guess people are more of a for retaliation and retribution for everything that's going on. But at the same time, it's like, forgiveness is a strong thing. A lot of people have guilt, you know, without being forgiven. 
And I think that's what's going to impact this movie. And I think that's what people are going to see. They're going to want them. I think it's what's going to bring that uh, that victory, this, that sense of forgiveness and that entitlement to uh, be forgiven. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and 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 forgiveness can be so difficult. Oh yeah. So I mean, it's it's not the easiest thing in the world. So I dig it. Yeah. Uh, Joey. Is it my turn? I just went. Documentary feature. We have Amy. Cartel Land. The Look of Silence. Winter on Fire, Ukraine's Fight for Freedom. And what happened, Miss Simone? For this one, uh, I'm going to have to go with the Winter on Fire. And basically, I think it's because it's a pretty awesome name. Mm. That's fair. I mean, it's uh, fighting for a country to be free from... Yeah, definitely. Well, it's a fairly fairly recent. I mean, it's a film about recent events, right? I mean, it was really. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I respect that. I, however, think it's going to be Amy, the Amy Winehouse documentary. Um, she didn't die long ago. Uh, she was very, very young, and she was just an, an incredibly talented musician. If you've never listened to her, I know it's shocking, but I promise she's worth listening to. Um, none of the radio crap, but like her albums and stuff are really fantastic, and she's actually really great, and it's a real bummer that she overdosed. So, I, uh, yeah, I'm going to go Amy. Okay. Uh, I'm going with uh, Cartel Land. Uh, I think um, I don't know. I think people have uh, that that uh, interest in um, drug trafficking. I mean, when you look at all these great movies that yeah, involves like you know, like Blow with Johnny Depp, um, <clears throat> Scarface, and I mean, people love fucking movies about drugs. People love doing drugs. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think Cartel Land is gonna take the uh, take documentary uh, win here. I mean, Amy Winehouse, yeah, great great singer. I was never big into her, but she she's not gonna she can't she she's gonna lose again to drugs. That's fair. That's, That's right. I said it. Uh, yeah. Hashtag too soon. Hashtag fantastic. Yeah, bullshit. Too soon. How long? How long ago did she die? It was six years, uh, five years ago. Yeah, yeah, it's time. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, fantastic. Okay, um, I think this will be a good place for us to stop. Kind of, uh, call it, um, call it a night. Call, well, yeah, call, call it an end. I mean, you know, depending on when these people are listening to this, call it a night, call it a day. Call it a show. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, because we got through, uh, we got we got through basically the, uh, I guess the lower level, you know, the minor league uh, awards, I guess you would say, or lower level awards. Um, and then next week, I think we'll do part two of this, and then we can do like the actual major categories and stuff like that. Yeah. Finish yeah. It off. Yeah. Finish it strong and everything. I, I dig it. Perfect. Um, yeah. Because let's be honest, the only thing anyone really cares about is whether or not. Brian Cranston's going to beat Leo DiCaprio. 
So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, I, think, I think the biggest thing I was looking for is to see DiCaprio actually take home his first. <laughs> That'd be fantastic for him. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so surprised he never fucking win. Right? Panic, you know? It's like, I mean, any, any movie, I mean, he's a good actor. But, well, uh, we can talk more about that um, on the next show because this is, the show is definitely going to be the longest show we ever had. And, um, I have so much love for everyone who sits through it. Yes. Uh, if you're planning on taking a road trip, this was the episode to fucking uh, listen to. I'm uh, actually titling it that, the road trip episode. The road trip. <laughs> uh, road trip. The road trip Oscars. Road trip to the Oscars. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, Joey, keep cash Joe. Yes, sir. Every Wednesday or Thursday, I still don't know what fucking day did we decide on. I think it was Thursdays. Well, because we put one, because we put aside one on last Wednesday. I, how about this? I'm mean, this one. This this is a new one. <clears throat> hey, Joe. Yeah. Any day during the week that we decide to put on a show, you can find uh, Geek Cash Joe here on this certain show. But uh, where can they find Geek Cast Joe on the weekends? On the weekends, you can find me over at the Geek Cast Live podcast. Uh, we are a topical geek program. Uh, we talk about pretty much anything geeky, uh, and that includes anything that you might geek on. Uh, you can find us Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time at gcl.ninja. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes now and uh, leave us a review. Five stars, please. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, I think I actually saw something that um, GCR posted today. Um, you guys are rating or rated high in... Um, uh, yeah, there's some website called Ranker that I've never heard of before. Yeah, like, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm going off the assumption he didn't create it. But I mean, I'm looking at it. And I mean, I think it's legit ranked. Um, a website that's based on rankings of uh, certain categories, and you guys ranked uh, four or five on the uh, on the geek rank. Yeah, that's what uh, that's that's what I've heard. So, so uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give you a little clap for applause. I, I appreciate that. I have no idea what it means, but I'm excited. But it, it, hey, it's something. You know? So. Yeah, I feel like a dog to whom the internet is speaking in a like a nice voice. Like they might be saying, like, "You're a piece of shit podcast." Yes, you are, but I don't know because it's just it's very polite, and I'm just excited to be included. So, <laughs> like, I don't know. I have no idea. So, <laughs> I know. Um, ladies and gentlemen, real quick before um, I say my say my goodbyes and give my little plugs. Um, I've said it for the last couple of weeks. I want to say it again. Um, if you're an upcoming podcast, or you're the type of person that sits there and needs to promote, push something. I recommend checking out Twitter and looking at uh, hashtag Potter and Family. It's a community of podcasters that work together to help each other grow and become bigger than um, the small podcasts they started out being. It's a terrific show. Um, I I definitely recommend it, and I'll see its praises every chance I get because it's because of them that's bringing in the um, it's bringing the attention of much more to us, and I will be ever so grateful for that. Um, I'm actually talking with a few of the podcasts, uh, other podcasters that are part of it to bring them on. You know, kind of like not so much an interview, 
for more of like a little bullshit, uh, bullshit session. Uh, Live great guys, if you just search uh, hashtag Power Family on Twitter, it'll bring you to a bunch of different podcasts that's just as funny as we have. Um, yeah, just as funny. I wouldn't say funnier. <laughs> They're at least as funny. At least as funny. Like equally, equally entertaining. Definitely uh, equally entertaining. Um, <clears throat> but while you're on Twitter, you know, also you can find us uh, this freaking show. Go ahead and uh, follow us. Uh, retweet some of our tweets, like our tweets and everything. Um, if you're also on Twitter and you care about Facebook and I can find us on Facebook at this freaking show, check out Instagram. We don't have a lot of pictures there, but we do have a few of Travis D himself on there. Just by searching this freaking show, you can find all our shows not only at thisfreakingshow.com, but you can also find them now on iTunes. And while you're there on iTunes, make sure you subscribe to us so you see every show that we do week after week automatically download to your iTunes. You can, uh, Leave us a like, leave us a review, a rate. We'll uh, we'll love you. We'll love you for it. And as always, I am Travesty. I'm Awkward Cow. And I'm Geek Cash Joe. Thank you for listening to this freaking show. I'm out. <laughs>